Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of Private Parts, the podcast where nothing is off limits. Thank <laughs> you meant to... Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, I just said it. Yeah, Whoa. nothing's off limits on this podcast. Like, that doesn't sound like it was a decision that like, we made together. <laughs> Apparently, it's not. Um, okay, um, I've got a question for you. Here's a question because lots of people don't know this. How do you pronounce your first name? <laughs> is it Ugo mm. or is it Hugo? I don't know. Genu- <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? I genuinely don't know because my full name is actually Ugo Chuku. Ugo Chuku. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you have that? Ugo Triku. Um I don't know. <laughs> you didn't like it? Um I don't know. Just I've always just been called see, this is it. So I said Ugo Chuku, so probably Ugo? Yeah, it's Ugo. I've always said I've always said Ugo, but people say Yugo. Mm. I said it's Yu-Gi-Oh. 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 I like Yu-Gi-Oh. You sound, know, like, you sound Yu-Gi-Oh. like a Pokemon. We, yeah, can we go with that? <laughs> yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. You wanna go Yugo? Yu-Gi-Oh. No, Yu-Gi-Oh. 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 <laughs> well, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> See, I genuinely don't mind, just so long as it's not Hugo. And it's <laughs> That's so not fun. your name. Exactly. It's, it's Hugo. 100%. <laughs> well, thankfully, you'll be fine. Because <laughs> yes. like I'll go, I don't know, check into a hotel, and they'll be like, oh, what's your name? Like, oh, it's Hugo. And they'll go, oh, Hugo. And I'm like, no, can you just repeat what I said to you? <laughs> I didn't say that. I genuinely didn't say that. Oh, what's your name? Annabelle. Hi, Hannah. No, you just... Like, it's a slightly bigger leap. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yes. Yes, I, exaggerated, I exaggerated for effect, okay? Let me breathe. Slightly bigger leap. Yeah. Um, Let me breathe. Yeah. Oh, I want to I hear about you guys in Japan. Oh, we had it. We had a. Well, you can explain it better. We had a it great sounded time. fucking great. It was. It was one of the funnest trips I have honestly ever had in just lots of ways. But had you, you ever been to Japan? No, I'd never been. I'd never been to Japan. So it was ahead <laughs> of the, the the World Cup in 2019, and I got this piece of work commissioned, and they said I oh, would like to take like a non-professional out, but a, prof- a non-professional that likes rugby. And I was like Jamie. Can I just quickly say before we went on the trip, it was with O2, right? And yes. and, and he's still being paid by them. Yeah. And Ugo had um had uh Ugo had, had um O2. commissioned it. He had commi- their reception is he, great. He had commissioned, he's like, Jamie, listen, it's gonna happen, it's really great. Then what happened was about a month before I did a job with with uh, with EE and he phoned me and went believe it. Tell me you haven't just done a job with <laughs> EE. And I went, Yeah, yeah. And he went, What about our O2 job coming up? Yes. Might have cancelled the whole thing. And I was like, Well, sorry, I didn't realise that. Yes. Jamie, Jamie needs to eat. Okay? You're a network whore. Yes, I know. Network whore. But anyway, so, we go out there. What happens? So we go out there and we had loads of different things. So it was trying to twin the values of the country with the values of the England rugby team. Bushido values. It was oh, yes. That's loyalty. It. Respect. Respect. It's like the core oh, values Bush. that underpin like their culture. Right. Okay. And the English, like the RFU, Rugby Football Union's values are called treads, which are teamwork, respect, enjoyment, 
disciplined sportsmanship. Because it is quite, it is quite a disciplined, it's, it's, rigid society, isn't it, Japan? Like that was my perception, and and it is into a to a certain extent, but. I've never met. Do you know where you go on holiday? That, that was, it was, it was, um, sorry, it, was, your, it was loyalty, <laughs> honour, respect, um, justice. Manners. And, and yeah. anyway, it's, these, these, it's basically these amazing things that you live by. Mm. That was the whole point of it. So we went and did loads of different activities which would display them. So we met a um, Buddhist monk. We met uh, a modern day lady samurai in a bamboo forest. Why not? <laughs> went sumo wrestling. This guy was massive. This well, guy was, the, the, he, really, he was... Well, yeah, as you, as you can imagine. He's a cool, he was a Yokozuna. Yokozuna effectively means there is only one. He was the grandmaster. And we walked into this room and the size of this man's back was like this couch, yeah. which I'm sat on. But he was... I, I thought he was stood up when he was sat down. He mm. was so big. And we walked in and we'd actually been sumo wrestling the day before and I like rocked up the next day, like a bit of a... So competitive. He's so competitive. Most competitive thing I've ever seen. It, it's firstly, there's loads of things. Sorry to go. Firstly, firstly, you can't if you if you have tattoos, you're you're considered part of um, gang. Gang. Your gang. The yakuza. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we. So no tattoos were on show, um, which was the first thing. Secondly, um, didn't like that. They, they didn't My like, place allowed me to fight. Yeah. The um, only the only thing that I can <clears throat> describe is you have um, you have Ugo there, and then you have the, uh, the sumo wrestler. Did on you the go other up side. against the giant? The, no, no, he was retired. But he went up to one of their sort of um, prodigies, and this guy was like a, a proper sumo wrestler. It was honestly like two trucks. You 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 know if you've ever seen sumo wrestling, you sort of stand. You put your fingers on the ground next to each other and you go in sort of a ruck formation against each other and you basically have to push each other either mm. to the floor or outside of the circle. But what's more brutal than that? So you're like crouched down and you almost lead with your head and so many bouts are lost or won between these two people coming together and they just go head on head, someone gets knocked unconscious. Yeah. Like bulls. That's, yes. a, that's yes. literally what it is. So what you try yeah. and do is the sumo is you try and knock their head straight away. Right. You go straight in. These, so you, you, you have Ugo and this other guy. Honestly, it was so aggressive and so frightening. And Ugo refused. And then when he threw this guy, who's meant to be like the next big thing out of the circle. Oh, did you do, did he, you do it, him? Yeah, right? he, he went, we're warned, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tats on about respect and I'm like, in your face, <laughs> in your face, I've ended your career. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this guy was so, felt so much disrespect. Oh, he couldn't goodness. believe it. But, but this, uh, the sumo wrestler was insane. He was like 28 stone or something like that. It was crazy. But he was like, he was really cool. And then they do small little exercise to demonstrate. We watched them. The one thing I didn't realise how flexible they are, they're like, some of them like 170, 180, top in 200. The old dude, the grandmaster was like 280s, you said, mm. but they can all do the splits. <laughs> and yeah. they're all like, because you look <laughs> at them. That would be so off-putting. Like, yeah. It's, it's really odd. It? Yeah. But it was amazing, this guy in his hands, I can't tell you, he was, it was, and it was so big, like basketball hands. And we, we met this guy and then, we also went up to a a sauna, salt baths. <laughs> and, nice. And, Got salty. And, and you have You're to go. Salty. You have to go into these salt baths completely nude. They didn't tell us. They didn't tell us. Uh, O2, so, what do you like? Once again, like there is a link of like nappies and like just kind of going back to your younger self. <laughs> so you go in, you have a shower, and you sit on a potty. Sit on a potty. 
you shower yourself. What, what before and, you go in the bath? And Ugo and I are standing there, so then you go into the bath. And, and meanwhile, you know, we, we've known each other over the years, but we haven't spent a whole trip together, right? We've, we've never gone on holiday. Yeah, you've, you've, not worked new, together. you've not knew and, salt, And babe. we are standing <laughs> next to each other. And I'm, I'm, shock, I'm white. And uh, <laughs> also, also a very white man. Yeah, very well. white man. Very white. And Ugo's black and he's six foot five and I'm five foot eight on a good day. And we're standing next to each other. We couldn't look more opposite. And we're completely nude having a conversation in these Japanese salt baths. And then, and then I turn around and I turn and Hugo's doing a man join. <laughs> if there's any way to break I've the actually, ice, I've actually got the face. It was just, it was just a, a remarkable trip. When did the, like they should have briefed us? I guess the point of briefing us. You don't want to brief someone too much because you want to every they get, they get a lob on. Jay, Jay, would be, uh, Jay would be warming up. He comes out with an erection. They didn't tell like, us. Fuck. They didn't tell us anything. No, because I remember just like walking through, like been to spas before and I'm just there like little tighty whities on and whatnot. Walk through and they're like, okay, cool. You just need to get ready. I'm like, bro, I've just had a shower on the potty. I have my trunks. I've on. never seen a bigger willy in my life. Honestly, <laughs> it was honestly, I couldn't. It was like your penis had been in the weights room. I didn't. It's like your penis. Well, had well, a, essentially, it has. I, I even said, "Does your penis have a peloton subscription?" Because honestly, it's been, it's, it's been peca, spinning or something. I don't know what was going on. It's, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so, I think it's fair to say so you guys got to know each other we did and we really have harnessed the values of Bushido <laughs> respect yeah 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 it sounds like you really tuned no, in but we were we, we got to say this, we were incredibly respectful and it was an amazing yeah. experience we re we, and we had this amazing time and it then was put up there too and it was really well received by the whole uh, everyone loved it the hardest thing to feel that day was is us being naked but then being able to put it onto YouTube I know and so we're walking around and one of us might just turn around the camera's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't move away <laughs> yeah but the, but the best thing was that then we went and played this rugby match <laughs> so you can explain this again so in japan like rugby's a big deal mm. there for them and they're hosting the world cup but not they don't have grass everywhere but it's not an excuse for them because they're double art and so they play on gravel <laughs> yeah they do they Shit. play on gravel so they were like um jamie you go you're both going to play on a side and i was like cool where's the pitch they're like that was like, that's a car park I'm not playing a couple of What shoes do you wear to play in gravel? Like? I wore trainers. <laughs> and at this point, after sumo wrestling, which is done on sand, you're doing so much pushing and shoving, the level of abrasion on my toes. I know I'm a pussy. I spoke about my Your toes finger. have been an issue throughout your yes. life. <laughs> yes, they have. So I'd split and blistered the, the undersides of my toes and then they got infected. Like I, could, I was like struggling to walk. They were absolutely disgusting. So what better antidote for it than playing a game of rugby on, on gravel? So we both picked a side. And this was a day after Jamie, in fairness to Jamie, we played inside, didn't we, mm. the day before? <laughs> yes. And Jamie beat about 10 defenders, combined age of about 32. 
They were rinsing kids for fun and celebrating. It's like when Boris Johnson body checks that small child. They were eight years old. He was smoking and had fist bumping himself. They were six to eight year olds and I sprinted round them and scored and celebrated. And Yuka was so angry at me for doing it. He was like, what are you doing? Because our team were really good. Like we had some wicked players and then Jamie scores like a last minute try and celebrates to crush these Japanese kids' hearts. I was like, Jamie, what are you doing? Literally. So we then played this rugby match playing on gravel and you've got an ex-England ex-Lion professional right who 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 is is you know he's just sort of left being pro he catches the ball on the on the uh 20 yard line and runs and break these guys were good players he breaks through every single tackle it's it's like a steam train he's running through starts everyone and there's only the fullback left the fullback is me. <laughs> so, so he was running straight at me, straight at me, all filmed, straight at me. We're on gravel. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to have to take him low here because he's running. It was honestly like... Have you seen the film Backdraft? <laughs> no. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They open the door. Oh, it was like that. He ran in straight over me. I think, is, <laughs> there, is there footage of this? Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it. There, there is footage. <laughs> you, like, you have rigor mortis. You <laughs> <laughs> like, straight over. The thing is, I genuinely like... I wanted to play, but I didn't want to play rugby because the first time I got the ball, like I'm now just this target. So I get tackled. I land on my elbow, bang, split my elbow, full of blood. I'm just like, this is calamity. I'm just like, this is rubbish. Can we just get get, like the footage we need? And then, so I'm just like, oh, I just, I really don't want to like, this is terrible me saying this, but it's true. It's how I felt. I was like, I don't want to go on the floor again. Like, and then they kick the ball over my head. I'm like, I'm actually going to have to run with the ball. And so, so I did. That's the only reason I ran. I, I was just happy to catch him. He ran them, through the whole team. The whole team. What was your hundred meter time back in the day? Ten six. He's ten six. He's six at two, and he's like fifteen stone. And I was like, "Well, I've got him." <laughs> like, honestly, was this straight before over. or after Brad Thorne? This was a bef- after Brad Thorne. Yeah. Oh, but it was just it was this amazing trip, and and just so what I always fun. find, um, buddy, is like when you leave a sport, mm-hmm. do you, how much do you miss it? Um, I don't miss playing. I don't because I think when you, when you dedicate yourself to something so for so long, there is this, in, this unquenchable thirst for, for just more. Like all I want to do is play for Quinns. I did play for Quinns. I want to play for England. I want to do that more. I want to play for like, where does it stop? So there's always a little bit of that, but I always say like, I've moved on without moving too far away. I still heavily involved in rugby what I miss is um, like the changing room. I miss the changing really? room. Really? Oh. Like it's what? It's a nice changing room. Or? It's just, <laughs> just like love the feng shui of it. Just the decor. It's amazing. It's a little bit like this, actually. <laughs> is, it, is it just the, it's the, it's the camaraderie? 100%. So a lot of people ask me like, um, so I played at Harlequins 14 years and we won the Prem back in 2012. And, the, and that was like my favourite day playing for Quinns. What was your best moment on that day? I think people expect me to talk about when the final whistle went and we lift the trophy and like 80,000 people in the stadium and just doing that. And that was special. But actually it was walking down the tunnel, walking into the change room, shutting the door and just that sense of satisfaction. Mm. Because you're surrounded by everyone that put everything in to that success. And my team, I'd grown up with everyone. So it was wicked. And it's those moments. And I'm like, it's really weird. I'm fascinated by change rooms because they're... You're, oh, you're a complete freak. <laughs> total freak. Total freak. But like, 
you know, I work in media. We want to put microphones and cameras everywhere to be able to mm. see and bring people close to the game. But in a change room, if those changing rooms could speak, it would be the most compelling film and story you'd mm. ever have heard or watched in your life. Because I've had the darkest days, mm. the darkest days in those change rooms, and I've had the best highs. And they're all contained within those change rooms, totally away from every camera, just the people who were there. And that sense of unity and that level of camaraderie is, is what I miss. It's a bus trip back from Manchester after a good win and there's a few beers and a couple of pizzas. That's what I miss about the game. There's probably been three or four games and I've been retired six years, which I wish I played in. But that feeling that you get when you're part of something is mm. it's hard to it's also There's also this conversation, right? And this is a little bit deeper behind, you know, how old were you when you retired? 32. I was you, you're like 32. Young, okay, yeah. so you're 32 when you retire. Yeah. You know, rugby we know is like a pretty, it's a physical sport. So mm. your body is pretty battered. Yeah. 32 is... Back surgery two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, well, exactly. There you go. You know, your feet, whatever it is. This happens a lot. And that's, you know, rugby, there's all sports. But um, 32 is, that's your beginning of your life. And you're quitting a life already to then start a new life. And I know with you, you're, you're, you're not lucky at all because you're hard at work. You're great with you. You're presenting BT Sport. You're doing Question of Sport. You're doing Strictly. You're all over the shot. You're, you're the front and center of everything to do with sport and TV and everything at the moment. And, it, and it's super proud to see. But for the individuals who don't have that opportunity and they have to leave what they love behind. Dark. It's dark, right? And there's this big thing now about with all sports, not just rugby, but all sports, NFL, you know, all over the world. There's huge mental health when it comes to this area. So how do we how do we challenge that? It's really tough. I think every pro sports person when they retire will suffer. Um, Did may, you suffer? Um, fit, like physic physically, I think you, you suffer in one of three things: physically, financially, or emotionally, mentally. I've had friends that have had all three of those things, like whether friends of mine that need shoulder replacement, hip replacement. And so that's the physical side of it or not quite sure their sense of direction, what they're going to do next that can lead to depression. Mm. Um, and so they, they are connected in some sense. I, I've been pretty fortunate if I've suffered in any of those three things, it just been my body. Like I've been very fortunate that I've been able to, so I retired in 2015 and yeah, 2015, my, the first job I did after that was working on the World Cup. That's, that's amazing. Like, been really fortunate and I've worked hard ever since there. But if you're retiring mid-30s, if you think if you didn't play sport, you went to uni and you took on a life which a majority of people take on, in your mid-30s, you're probably trying to peak. Mid-30s, you're resuscitating and starting a new career. And that is tough. The other thing is... I. I think there's a sense of um, like emotional going cold turkey. Every Saturday at three o'clock, I had a shot of adrenaline go from my body, ran out to the crowd, buzzing. That bath. endorphin buzz. Mm. Yeah, right. it's crazy, right? And then it's gone. Yes. Then it's gone. So my week was focused on what I tried to do every single Saturday at three o'clock. Bang, just win, 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 everything. And then that goes and then you lose that sense of purpose and the kind of human scaffolding which you have around you, which is your team. Yes. And you're on your own and you don't have a sense of purpose. And I'm actually doing a job which I don't like because I've played rugby since the age of six. That was my life. Who am I? What am I doing? 
And your job becomes who you are as a person. Hi, I'm Hugo, rugby player. Like everyone, you're just Hugo, the rugby player. And then you're not. So when I retired, when people asked me what I did, I said I played rugby. I, I didn't know what else to say. Yeah. And it, I, the fact is, I, no one needs to introduce themselves like it's this human LinkedIn transaction. Hi, I'm such and such. I run this business. Hi. But you don't. But there is such. Um, a sense of who you are yeah. is your job because that's what you're known for. That's what your drive is. That's your raison d'etre. Like that's, that's it. That is it. And then it goes. Like one of the hardest days, silly, was when I got booted out of the WhatsApp group. I'd been retired three days. What? What's that? I was like, oh, excuse me? What's that? Like all my mates. I was just like, what? Oh my God. But, all but those, it's not out of it. It's not out of it. It's just because you're not the, the not, part of the not team. There. Not there. Not part of the team. Mm. You guys are in and that's it. So it's kind of losing that. And lots of people who have been in the army, they talk about it and it's not that different. And it is, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a real big challenge, but, but it's, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Cause I know that I've been fortunate enough to transition from one career into another, but I also don't want to spend the second part of my life looking back and reliving everything that I did. Mm. Um, Which a lot of people do. Th- they do, and therefore you, you probably, ugh, I don't know. It's and not yours life... wasn't stripped away from, from injury either, really. No, look, I, I got offered a new contract to stay on, and, um, and I decided I want to try and do something else, and there's a million one reason why I did it. My mum said I should crack on. She first said I shouldn't play rugby, and then I said I'm going to stop, and then she was like, no, no, crack on. So. <laughs> but, but that's also anxiety-driven, because you're waiting from... Oh, you're waiting from contract to contract. Well, and, you, and you're coming to the end of your contract in any sport again, and you know this because you're in the sport. You're just waiting. I don't know if I'm going to be signed again. Yeah, you, I don't know. I think really good professionals almost make themselves redundant. I, I signed my last contract age 29, three years. And oh, I cracked on, but I think what you want to do is then hand on the baton to the next person to be able to fill your shirt, your shoes, and then continue the club's success so there is a part of you when you get to the end of your career you actually need to give up some of yourself for the benefit mm. of the next person where i'm not sure there's many industries Can- like you guys on this podcast mm. if in five ten years there were a couple of like young guns on the beat jamie would never give it up <laughs> yeah, yeah. he literally his face would be hanging off his still <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In rugby, mm-hmm. can you obviously can you be financially sound forever if you want to be? I think there's limited people that can. We're not talking football money here, where you mm. can retire and just go. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it doesn't matter because I've been earning millions of pounds since I was a teenager. Don't have that financial security, but in one way it's really good to not have that level of um, apathy about what you do because it means that you need to get up and get out 
and discover what you want to do next. Age 29, signed three years, and I was like, I'm either going to continue playing rugby at 32 because my body's great and I love what I do, or I'm going to spend three years figuring out what I want to do. And the, my strategy was I wanted to find out what I didn't like rather than what I did like. We've all had it's like partners yeah. where <clears throat> when you realise like I never, ever want that again in my life. And so you never look at it. So I looked at loads of different industries and then I, I kind of stumbled into what I do now, media career. Um, someone, good friend of mine, I work a guy called Nick Mullins, his wife spoke to Nick and said, I reckon you go be a good broadcaster. So we went for coffee in Twickenham, sat down. He said, I think you should give this a crack. And I was like, go on then. Worked really hard whilst I played, trying to upskill myself. Found that I really, actually all I wanted to do was figure out whether I'd enjoy it. So if I thought I'd enjoy it, I knew I could be okay at it. And I had a sense of fun. So I was like, sweet. And now kind of all I want to do is work with good people and have fun on what I do. That is it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, you're choking up. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting a bit emotional. <laughs> That's literally all I want to do. Work with good people, have fun with what I do. And I know not everyone can do that. There'll be a point in my life where maybe all I need to focus on is getting bills paid. Mm. But up until that point, I'm just going to try and live in that world. What's more nerve-wracking? Playing Premiership Final playing for the Lions, broadcasting your first ever live show or doing Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> and be honest. Strictly. <laughs> Hands down. I know. Hands down. I know. Go on, tell me. Like, it's the worst thing in the world, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the worst thing. No one, you can't, to everyone listening to everyone in this room, you can't bottle the, the, the fear of doing Strictly Come Dancing, can you? There's so much to it. They talk about being strictlyfied, don't they? Yeah. And they're like, we'll ease you in. And so week one and the kind of wardrobe team that are there are wicked. Vicky Gill, mm. Ezra. I, I, I love them. Like, I absolutely love them. And you go in for your fitting and I'm in an electric pink sheer <laughs> top. So when you get fitted and like, I'm sure most men have been fitted, whether it's a fit suit or whatever, and your neck, your waistline, your chest... I've never been measured from my collarbone to my belly button. <laughs> and they wanted aggressive, deep V shirts on me. Like, who does that? Who, who does that? So week one, I'm dressed like as a pink panther with the most aggressive deep V trying to do the samba. Like, really? What is that measurement? Ask, I challenge any man to tell me their collarbone to their belly button measurement. I tell my shoe size, waist, neck, collarbone to, to belly button, collar button to navel. Collie button. Collie button to navel. What's your collie button? Collie button to navel. Measurement, please. What are you doing? And you were with um, OT. Yes. She was... Uh, crown champion two years in a row big big boots to fill yeah i know she let me down didn't she <laughs> she did she did she let you down i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it i was like babe we're obviously gonna win this i just need you to show up and she didn't outrageous <laughs> she it's um it's it's an amazing but bizarre but also just it's, the experience is is hectic right how would you how what was it like it was the most consuming thing I've ever done in yeah. my life 
Yeah. But, really? yeah, I mean, it's... You can't, you can't do anything else. The way in which I try and explain it, so I would train 25 hours a week to play a rugby match. 25 hours, 80 minutes of rugby. I was doing 40, 45 hours of dancing for 90 seconds. Mm. It was... It was well, and also what happens is you go into like your first thing and you get given the samba and you think, oh, I've got interviews here, interviews there, this can be really fun. First uh, rehearsal, you come out and go, cancel everything. <laughs> Fucking cancel it all. Cancel it all. Cancel it all. <laughs> cancel everything. Uh, I need, I think we're not going to sleep. sleep. <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? And, and then when you, then when you have two weeks on the first dance to learn, because you learn, you have two weeks to learn your first dance. When you go into week two, you only have one week, which is half the amount of time, obviously. You, you, Good maths. Yeah, I know, killed it. You never think in a million years that you're going to get it right. And no. you, even before the show, you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. But you feel like you can build week on week. So we did two weeks of samba. I was like, okay, cool. Didn't know that. I mean, imagine two weeks of giving everything, sleeping, <laughs> tiredness, soreness, all the rest of it. You dance in front of like almost 10 million people and you're like, right, okay, judges. <laughs> I've put everything in, but you don't get marked on the effort you put in because yeah, everyone yeah. would be a 10. I'm like that first show. Okay, first school of the series. Three. What? <laughs> Sick. Yes. I was like, no, no, pick up your proper paddle. Come on. It must be our five, yeah. Love yeah. a lol. <laughs> Love a gag. This is not banter. Three. Three is so did, shit. Did you get so shit? I've never got three. Honestly, I was like, ah. three is literally, because also what they do is they go, Oh God! Four is like that. Four. When they give a three, they're like, "That is toss." What they just start feigning an injury. Ah, ah. If it wasn't televised, the three is the equivalent of him coming across and just headbutting me. He thinks I've disrespected his industry. Yeah, he wants to guff on my face and headbutt me. That's what he wants to do. He's he's not even annoyed. He's so angry that I've decided. That's anger. Yeah, he's like that. Three. So I get a three. I'm like. But, you know, they've got a tight shot of your face and so you pull the tight smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Hold it's it fine. together. Hold it together. How are my tears rolling into the back of my head inside my body because I have to internalise all this pain and I have to, it's fine. And then you go to chat to Claudius, like, what about the judges? And then you don't want to anger them like because they have to judge you for the rest of the thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's fine. I mean, I just respect, I just respect the judges' comments. It's fine. Hey, it's subjective, dance subjective, isn't it? So it's fine. <laughs> no one, no one realizes the amount of because you just see the ninety seconds. No one realizes how much commitment goes behind closed doors. And the it's dancers made. themselves, the professionals, like oh. not only are they dealing muppets like me, they're then. So on a Sunday, you have a day off. They're back in the studio choreographing the next week. It's it's amazing and. It is It is amazing. It's one of the shows that I've done whereby everyone actually just wants you to get better and it's mm. really positive. It is so challenging, mm. so challenging. And like that first week, I remember I, my dad passed away a couple of weeks previous mm. and I had my dad's funeral three hours before I had to do the first dance. Jesus. So I'm like this. Like, wow. How head, did you do that, buddy? Mate, I, I genuinely still don't know. Genuinely I not. Don't, a, that's, not a, a, that's, your, that's a lot to do. That's your... Day. That's your... Um, <sighs> That's your sporting ability. That's your sporting mentality. Just going right. This is a this is a job that I got to get done. Yeah, I had to. You try and compartmentalize things and just get on with things. And actually, like when I'm under stress, I try and keep busy. Mm. Hamster on the wheel. Just just do what I do. Just work really hard. Just work really hard because it leaves very little like space in your mind to think about other yeah. things. 
was like, right, just crack on. Like, li- And my dad, he passed away in Nigeria, so it was like a funeral on Zoom. Oh, shit. I'm sat there in my dressing room. I can see Pink Panther out there in the back, and I'm like that, trying to focus. Just like that. <laughs> and then, bang. Right, okay, cool, make up. And I'm just like, yep, yep. And then you crack on. And, you know, it's just one of those things. But how do you deal with grief? How do I deal with grief? That's a big, big one. That is a big one. I don't think very well, actually. To, to answer it, I, I don't think very well at all. Um, I'm not a, like, I'm not a, gr- it's weird because I'm a massive advocate for like um, mental health and. Speak um, about things and opening up. and Yeah, 100%. Was it, was it last year or 2019, 75% of all suicides in this country are by men. Mm. Yeah. It's mad. It's so disproportionate. And. I don't know. Um, the stigma around it's been eroded, and but trying to encourage people to speak. And I talk about it because I want to influence more people to not get to that point. Absolutely. And But then it's something which I try and practice myself. But I'm still not very good yeah, at it. Yeah, I know. I'm getting better. Dude, it's the hardest thing. Well, we were talking about this the other day. What's so easy is that we say as individuals, right, we've got to get over the stigma. What's very hard is to, to allow ourselves to do it. It's very easy to say, okay, you're mm. that person. Come on, talk about it. But then when it comes to us as individuals, we can't do it still. 100%. Imagine like, I don't know, I see on social media a lot whereby people are like, can you recommend a gardener or this or that or that? Imagine if a bloke, just put on Twitter, um, could anyone recommend a good therapist? Mm. I mm. wonder how that would be received. Mm. But, yeah, but, so right. But you're why? so right. Because... If I responded when, oh, this is a therapist I've been chatting to, I'm also admitting that I've struggled and therefore mm. I'm weak and all the rest of it. Yeah. But actually, that could be really, really helpful. That could be the best recommendation you give to someone I know, totally. who just wants to speak. But it's funny how certain things you can talk about openly and other things people don't want to. But, you know, I, I need to be part of the solution in terms of speaking openly. And, and, and I, do, I do as much as I can but it is a skill a and it is thing. a skill that I need to get lots better at. Do you know the, the funny thing as well, buddy, is that you're, you're obviously one of the captains on Question of Sport. <laughs> I came and did oh, it. Oh, yes. Do you that, know, that do, went Did that I tell you, did well. I tell you the, the, the title that came out? What was the title? Uh, so here we go. The title that came did out. Did we win? Yeah, we bloody won. Obviously. How do you not remember that? The nation loves Jamie Lyon. The, the, the title that came out afterwards as I did Question of Sport um, was Question of Sport Slammed after nobody made in Chelsea star, Jamie Lang joined panel. Do you know, do you know what's so frustrating about it is that what? I don't what? know, like, well, like everything, things change. <laughs> yeah, of course. Things change. And it's a good thing that things change. 100%. And people will say, well, Paddy, actually, I'm not even going to mention that, but people will critique and say lots of different things about um, the captains as well as the presenter. Fine, whatever. But... I don't understand why you have to be an ex or current professional sports person to go on to a professional show. Damn straight. Sport is there for everyone. Absolutely everyone. And so by that same metric, if you've never played the game to professional level, why should you be allowed an opinion about the sport then? You've never played it by your own measurements. (laughs) Because you have to be a professional to be on this show. And sport should appeal to more than just people who have played it at an elite level because there's so many fans of the game, of any game that haven't played it, who have a genuine enthusiasm and probably be able to articulate themselves better than people who've even been involved in it. So mm-hmm. I want to be able to get sport out there and for it to 
stretch as far and wide as it can. And there'll be people who are fans of you that may not realise you're a massive Chelsea fan and that you were excellent javelin thrower and cricket ball thrower. <laughs> no, no, no every, everyone knows about everyone that. Everyone knows about that. tells everyone and every that, day. if that gets people into the sport, brilliant. We had Anton Dubeck on the show. And people yeah. are like, why Anton? Yeah. He is probably the single best contestant we've ever had. Yeah, he's amazing. His sporting mm. knowledge yeah. was obscene. There was one question. Who was the first person to throw a nine-dart finish? Um, on live TV. Phil Taylor. No. Who was it? I don't know. <laughs> oh Did he know? He knew. <laughs> Did he not remember it? Because well, it was so niche. Then. Was so, honestly, but I was just like, I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, I, I literally wouldn't have. We could get on. Um, we could get on. Uh, I, I don't know. We could get on so many different people, but I want to be able to export sport to more than just yeah. this kind of. And I'll tell you what, for whatever people say, our viewing figures are doing really well yeah you guys are really, kidding really, no you're well, great right? also who's slamming it do you know what i mean well, no, I it, sounds, it, it sounds it, like it's just no press, i find it hilarious like, but but listen um i think suspect, which is twitter yeah yeah dude i just want to say um because you're my buddy you just super proud of you man you're just killing it thank you yeah and and just also just don't want to say it but one of the funniest and nicest guys i know <laughs> there you go said it. you don't want to say it said it, you said I it, said it. all right i said it i said it it's been fun. No, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Don't worry, mate. No, genuine. It's it's cool. You enjoyed and, it? Um, you put up a post about Candy Kittens the other week. You're yeah. the fastest growing confectionery sort of company in the UK. There you are. There you go. Props to you. Yeah. Right. So there we go. We're just sitting around just complimenting each other now. Right. That's about it. I should probably wrap it up now, shouldn't we? Yeah. Let's wrap it up. All right. So, well, yeah. what we is, uh, that, is this how you? Because no, this is quite a professional setup. That was so not professional. Yeah, it was fucking awful, but I quite liked okay. it. I've enjoyed this. You've killed it. <laughs> I had a great time. I had a, I had a great time. I had a great time. What we do like to do at the end of the podcast, oh, okay. there, we there, we go. Go. there we go, is leave our listeners with something inspirational. <laughs> that's how we is started. That, is that it? That's how we started the podcast. Oh, gosh. With something inspirational. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What do you mean? Oh my gosh. Come on. I mean, that's. You're in the changing room. The lads are. You're... The lads are 50k. You're in the changing room. Your toes hanging. The lads. Out. The lads are. The lads are. You're. You're. <laughs> you've got you're, no toes left. You, you've <laughs> got. You've got a whole next half to go. It's the World Cup final. You're 15 points down. Your captain. That's 2019. Okay. Okay. You have to. You have we to, lost. You have to rally the troops to bring them back. Can I tell you? <laughs> we all turn to you. Yeah, you turn. There's to a funny story actually because I think it's 2007. Um, World Cup in France, England playing against Africa, and there's a famous, I don't know, well, whenever you say there's this famous person, I, I'm not sure whether you should ever say that because people be like, who is that person? <laughs> yeah, I know, who is the person? Not famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's a rugby player called Mark Regan, Bristolian, very funny, and everyone's got a million stories on him. But he was trying to rally the troops in the way in which you're talking about right now. They're down against South Africa, mm. who then went on to win the World Cup, and he's in a huddle. He's like, lads, the first half has been crap and blah, 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 blah. We need to rise from the flames like a pheasant. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they knew they'd lost. This is World Cup. And so shoulders are shrugging like this, okay? And people like catching one another's eyes and it's like, I don't know. I'm not sure this is the time to have a gag, but he's been deadly serious and he's still going on. Anyway, and the lads are like, cheers then, let's go out second half. Boy's chatting to him and he's like, mate, do you know it's rise from the flames like a phoenix? He went, oh, I knew it was a bird starting with an F. <laughs>
<laughs> Perfect, let's play. <laughs> <laughs> you can Thank you so much for the fucking see you next week, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.